0: Hi there. Welcome back to Proceed to Checkout. I'm your host Andrew Figgins and this is part 2 of our story on UK Merchant Beer Hawk. If you have not yet heard part 1, take a moment and pause this episode, go back and take a listen. To recap, we started off by walking through the history of craft beer in the UK and how the company came to be in the e-commerce space. Before signing off, I shared that part 2, today's episode, We'll focus on building the Beerhawk brand and in tandem decisions around the Magento technology and early iterations of its website. Let's get into part two after this message from our sponsor. Adobe is partnered with Wayflyer to provide B2C e-commerce businesses with easy, fast funding to accelerate their growth. Wayflyer tailors their funding solution for each business to fit their unique needs while also offering marketing and inventory insights to optimize spend. Also approved businesses can receive between $10,000 and $20 million in flexible funding within one to three days. Whether you need some funds to leave your home in Tucson, Arizona, or your travels are taking you all across the universe, check out wayflyer.com adobe to join the adobe commerce and Magenta open source merchants that are already using Waveflyer today. Let's get back. All right, we're back and it's time to dive in once again to Beerhawk's early days. First, let's bring back Mark Roberts to walk through the forming of the brand and culture of the business.
1: So before we actually launched the business, I probably spent quite a bit of time thinking about the brand and uh, and, and what we wanted the brand to stand for and the positioning we wanted it to have. and. It started from a realization that even whilst it was new, the world of craft beer could be very confusing. There were there were lots of different beers. There were lots of different styles and lots of breweries uh, in, in similar spaces. So I wanted to make sure that as a business, we curated and handpicked the best ones. So we came up with actually what we're trying to do is we're trying to hunt out the world's best beers. Um, that felt like something we could get behind. And, and so when we came to branding, we started to think, well, okay, what things hunt. And, and we looked at all sorts of different animals and I wanted to have the word beer in the title um, because I thought that would really actually help our SEO and it would uh, help talk about, you know, exactly what we're, we're trying to do. And I looked at various URLs. And I saw beer hawk was available. And instantly when I saw it, my mind started to jump about all of the different things that we could do as Beerhawk and the character that the brand could have. So I think before we started, I spent a lot of time thinking about the brand after we launched very little time thinking about the brand and much more in the operational detail of like, how do we grow? How do we scale? But there was a moment, a very specific moment where I remember, I think we had four team members now. And one day four people suddenly got up from their desks and went to have a meeting, leaving Chris and I in the main office. And our first thought was like, wow, this is, this is wonderful. Helping us make this business better. And but what are they going to talk about? And and how will they know <laughs> that, they're, that they're going to make the right decisions? And have we done a good enough job of communicating uh, what we want? Because, of course, back then we were involved in all of the decisions. So whilst we knew, I, we just weren't sure we'd communicated. So we spent a good chunk of time starting to think about what our values were. And that's when we consciously came up with the four values that I think have really contributed wonderfully to the culture that is Beerhawk and have been used very much when we start thinking about you know, recruitment and rewarding the team they have taken on a, a life of their own now with the team
0: well it's a lot of fun to feel like we're on the ground floor brainstorming with mark and the team so what are those four values he mentioned let's have dan tell us about them
2: we have four core values that every single person needs to give at least a little inkling that they've got there. Uh, and we have them spray painted on our walls in our offices. And um, they are we're down to earth, something that we really, really want from people. We don't want egos. We just want people who really, really care about what they do. We always make it better, which is something we've definitely seen over the last um, three or four years is just the development of us as a business, but also as a tech solution and also our product offering we get on with it. So if shit hits the fan, we run on with it. We work it out. We act reactively and we try our best to do it. And then the final one is that we give a shit. And that's about the people that we work with. That's about the product that we're selling. That's about the people that we're speaking to on our community. And it's about our customers. We just need to give a shit. And that's a massive point of Hawk.
0: In chatting with Rob, we dove into the company's give a shit motto on a deeper scale to talk about some of the evolution of the brand.
3: So over the years, Beerhawk has evolved in a number of different ways. Um, we've always stuck to four guiding principles throughout all of it. And the main one is that we give a shit. And like that embodies itself mainly in the way that we give a shit about our customers. We definitely give a shit about our staff members as well and our team and our culture. That's equally as important. But what we see on a day-to-day basis is um, how we change Beerhawk for the better of us. Our- and what we were seeing was that Beerhawk was having great success offering a huge number of beers. At one point, I think we got up to about 2,000 SKUs on the website or something, which was just crazy. When you get to that size, you you have choice paralysis. It actually becomes really difficult to buy stuff when you're presented with 2,000 different beers. We tried our best with categorization, with things like a beer finder where you could refine your searches and everything. But if you're trying to get into the world of craft beer for the first time, which we realised a lot of people who were buying from us weren't craft beer aficionados, they were people who were relatively new to it, you were just like frozen in fear at all of this choice. So with the pandemic, um, we took the view that actually for the benefit of our staff in the warehouse, because it was a safety thing, having people so close and having all of these pick faces in such close proximity, but also our customers, it'd make sense to just reduce down the offering a little bit. So, yeah, we've dramatically reduced the number of SKUs that we have. We no longer sell individual bottles of beer like we used to. That used to be a big part of Beer Hawk in the past. We have become more about curating choice. So we have mixed cases that customers can buy from. Um, We also sell beer in larger quantities now for people because some of the feedback we were getting was that people wanted to buy beer for a party. But you don't want to buy a mixed case of 15 different individual beers when... Everyone wants to be drinking the same thing. So we've changed it up a little bit like that. Um, And we've just evolved how we present the brand to people. Perfect Draft is probably one of the best examples of that. It started off very small. It was something that we thought, okay, this is a machine that's been in the market for a while, but it's never really taken off in the UK. We'll start selling this with some kegs. And through the popularity and the growth that we saw there, we've actually been able to turn that around and start approaching breweries to, to get their beers kegged based on customer feedback based on community feedback we listen to what the community says and then we can go out and talk to a brewery and get them on board and start putting their beers in the kegs which is great because we've introduced some really good british breweries to the perfect draft system that previously you know they might not have got that exposure to, to these people they can now serve their beers in people's homes Uh, the way that they wanted to on draft. So yeah, we've evolved Beerhawk's offering over the years. We've kept the culture fairly consistent. It's always around that, those core four tenants. We've definitely rolled with the punches. We've changed based on customer feedback, on market feedback, and even with the pandemic. And I think we're much stronger for it.
0: And to wrap up with some final thoughts on the Beerhawk brand in its early days, here's Mark again.
1: Nothing is is perfect um, and we shouldn't aim for perfection. We should aim for good enough and then try to iterate and try to get it better and better and better. And that's certainly the approach that we took with the initial technology and the initial, uh, initial business and the initial operations.
0: Now, what exactly was it that led to choosing the Magento technology and platform? Here's Mark with some insight on how the site evolved early on plus the decision making that was required when it came to expanding the BeerHawk team so that someone could take over the tech from him and fellow co-founder Chris France.
1: When we were thinking about like, how do we actually get the technology to power a website and be able to take payments and, and all of that, my background had been in big businesses where the IT systems were so huge and so unwieldy that um, everything seemed to require an IT team of 20 to be able to, to get anything done. And obviously we didn't want anything like that. And I got speaking to, to one of my contacts who knew about technology and uh, I asked him for, for his opinion of, of what we should do. And he said, well, there are a few options, but please, you know, just... for for a new business, take something as close to being off the shelf, you know, ready out of the box as possible. He recommended uh, Magento Community. And he said, you know, you're going to have many decisions to take as you start start your business. Kind of trust me on this, just just go with Magento Community and and worry about the other thing. So I I did a bit of research and realized that actually that was pretty easy for even a very tech layman person like me to to install. And I I got the help of a, a freelancer. Uh, to be able to sort of configure some of the back end things and, and set up the database in the right way. And and then I, I put my hand incredibly badly to graphic design and we ended up with a very brown site, which I thought was wonderful and a shortcut to the craft and craft beer, but it really was a bit too brown. And so we sort of started there. And I think the intention was we just wanted to get something up and running. And then If there were mistakes, if there were things we could improve, we could then just iterate. And so we started testing things and using some of the plugins that were there to see if we could improve the conversion rate a bit or improve our SEO capabilities to try to get some better keyword rankings that would would hopefully bring some, some traffic in for us. So that's how we started the initial technical side. So the initial version did last surprisingly well actually and we ended up moving from the uh, community version to the enterprise version actually it was about after about four and a half years so so that felt like a, a good stint. but my own ability to keep up with a website that was growing arms and legs it was became very clear that we needed someone who was a specialist. so not our first hire uh, but but our, our third hire was someone who was a developer who specialized in Magento and could do much more in terms of website functionality and start to create some of the custom looking areas that we wanted to create to improve the experience for our customers.
0: Every website's a journey. Uh, That's very, very true of uh, those of us that are working in this industry, we know that. Uh, But zooming out from our co-founder, let's bring back Dan with some more thoughts on the timing the site offerings, and how the community was responding to Beerhawk as an e-commerce business.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So I think that when Beerhawk started, it was very much about getting good beer to people's homes. So I think initially when Mark and Chris started Beerhawk, the reason they started it was because they were sat in the pub trying different beers and thinking, why can't I do this at home? Like, It's really difficult for me to get all these varied flavoured beers, these different styles of beers in my actual house. And quite often I do like to drink at home. And if I want to try, taste varied flavours, it's going to be wine or it's going to be whiskies, for example. So that's exactly why Mark and Chris started it. I think that as this kind of building of the craft beer community in the UK was happening, Beer Hawk just hit at the perfect time. And the offering of so many different styles of beer from, from Belgium, from the US, from, from Germany, from all over the globe, it really hit home with the customers. And again, like I said about myself and e-commerce, like people starting to trust e-commerce a lot more in this time frame, and, and seeing it as more of a daily thing. And I think Amazon has a massive part to play in that as well. It's just that it was that perfect storm. The interest was there within the community. The product was there and available through Beerhawk and that, that real increase in, in e-commerce, customers trusting e-commerce as well.
0: I find Dan's insight really helpful as we dive into more about the BeerHawk website as a whole. Here is Rob once again with some background on the team's eventual decision to migrate from Magento 1 to Magento 2. So
3: when BeerHawk made the move from Magento 1 to Magento 2, I was still in a fairly junior role, which meant that I was one of the people who was engaging with Magento 1 on a daily basis from like a user perspective. and. It became obvious that as a growing business with the rate that we were expanding, there was a huge benefit to moving to Magento too. So I have to confess, I wasn't particularly familiar with all the tech aspects of it at the time. But one thing I understood was that There was a sunk cost like associated with working on Magento One. We knew that we were getting so big that we needed to move to Magento 2. There was functionality that wasn't available that we needed to move to access. So we faced a choice. We could either continue with Magento One and we could keep on developing work for it, knowing that in a couple of years' time the business was going to be far too big for the platform, or we could take the leap, and we could go for it. It might be that we waited a little bit too long on Magento 1. I think the feedback we got at the time was that we were one of the biggest stores using Magento 1 that hadn't progressed to Magento 2. But it really was a, like, a considerable upgrade once we'd done this. I remember like it was like Christmas. Everyone was really excited about getting access to the new platform. And not to do Magento 1 down, it served us incredibly well, and it was exactly what we needed at the time. Um, but that step up was considerable and, well, we've not looked back at all. It, it really has been incredible. And the, the extra functionality that we've unlocked, um, just little things that have been baked into the platform really helped Beahawk develop and it's definitely future-proofed us to continue developing.
0: Well, now that the site has been future-proofed and is well-established, let's hear from a new voice on the team, Christoph Jaworski, who goes by Chris for short. Chris is the tech lead at BeerHawk, and here he is with insight on the flexibility of the platform and its functionality for both his team as well as other departments.
4: Magento is super flexible platform in my eyes, because I always, like, like I said at the start, you got out of the box all the standard any business functionality, you know, like a out of the box payment system, uh, shipping integration, all common carriers. And basically, even people can download the anything they want and si- simply apply. For more technical people, as a proof, what you can do. I know that the cart and checkout is. I think that's the top of the leak. What you can actually change from the core uh, parts of the Magento. So we as well change uh, standard product listing pages. We're still using the standard Magento templates, but we actually serving. Whole category pages from Algolia, we actually re-implement and category pages, all the product listing pages that are replaced by Algolia functionality. So, for us, compare the speed and how you can display the products, we actually achieve, I would say, three quarter of the PWA experience with without uh, implement PWA uh, itself. we actually measure on the standard category of 36, 48 products per category is about 0.3 seconds to load all the products. So I think it's pre- pretty fast. So that's another flexibility. So if you take our case, card replaced, checkout replaced, we got the fully custom success page, then um, we re-implement completely the the way how the loyalty program and the rewards working for us, plus the product landing pages, all the home page is fully CMS built, so we don't use any kind of layouts block so we don't need to do any cash flow cash refreshes any changes basically going live so the only major part which actually left i would say kind of vanilla magento it will be the product detail page pdp they are a part of our look tweaks uh, integrate reviews and as well the options to pay directly from the from the product page they are still most as a core Magento. so yes platform is very flexible you can basically do whatever you want to do from the functionality point of view and you're still leaving all the functionality like the all the admin experience for all the marketing departments product owners to create the products, all the customer service to placing still orders using the admin um, and do all the changes sending replacements. So yeah, I would say very flexible platform. I couldn't agree more
0: and can't wait to share more of what Chris and his team have done to continue to evolve the website as the company has itself evolved. With a preview for part three, here's Matthew Fregard, a senior product manager with Beerhawk on his experience getting to know Magento And it's business-to-business B2B functionality.
5: I take pride in understanding my um, tools and my tech stack. So the first thing I do is i basically just got the user guide almost, uh, I I don't know what they call it, but yeah, picked up the user guides, digital user guide and and flicked through it and just to understand what the -the out-of-the-box features are, how do you do things, understanding the terminologies and things like that for Magento. And I I didn't have a lot of time to, to spin up a new website, so it was kind of vital that I did that to really accelerate a project. I think the, the turnaround time was about four to six weeks of a brand new Magento website. Obviously it, it's a bit easier when you've got a, a website there already and we can kind of cookie cutter it and, and say, here's the features and functionality we've got. Let's build upon this. Um, but one of the big features was it was a, a, a B2B website. So we were selling bottles and cans and kegs to um, bars and restaurants in the UK. Um, so one of the big things we, we had to do was understand B2B functionality. Um, and what comes out of the box with that, how we could utilize that to have companies, to have multiple users on the companies and that kind of thing. So, yeah, it was a lot of reading for me very quickly um, and just just getting the, the team to support me. So we had to have a very good Magento admin, Magento specialist in-house. I call him our, our guru of Magento. So I could ask him lots of questions. I think he got bored of me turning around and, and asking him all those questions. But he, he was vital to that process. And yeah, just going and playing around with it and setting up a a website and just if you toggle this on, toggle this off and just do all of those kind of things, you you start to explore what the platform can do.
0: And that's all we have for part two today. Next time I proceed to check out in part three of our story, we'll dive into improving the site experience, hearing a lot more from Chris and others on what that has meant for BeerHawk. If you like what you're hearing, please subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever it is you're listening to help others find us. For more information on the Magento Association and additional merchant case studies, check out the links on our show notes. I'll let Dan lead us out with a story about his first craft beer experience.
2: Yeah, it's, it's really funny. I um, I remember the first time I ever drank really an ipa or anything anything crafty was was just in the pub with friends and it was a case of i wonder what's on tap right i'm finally going to disappear from from drinking just lager and and maybe dip my toes into something a bit different and then instantly just fell in love with it it's um my face may say different because uh, bitter hoppy ipas cause me to pull quite the uh quite the face your listeners won't be able to hear see my face here but it's quite the uh, quite the wince because um because of the, the the bitterness, but my wife always comments on it, uh, saying that you're definitely not enjoying that, are you? And I, I really am. Yes, yeah, so it was it was just a, a random chance choice in a pub that led me down this road.